Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another exciting episode of the Old Might Radio Podcast. Um, like always, do the cold opening. This particular clip um, I found on Facebook. I'm having a good time. Tonight's guest, or today's guest, is the big homie Russ Green. We'll be having him on in a minute, but just doing a little cold opening. Looking for this clip. How is everybody doing today? Okay, here we go. So this clip, basically, it's a cop, right? <laughs> I found this on Facebook. It's a cop on TikTok, and he basically is talking. Um, he's talking big trash. He's writing checks, but he ain't had the funds to back it up. So um, you don't need to keep hearing me talk. Let's go. Badges and guns, and a lot of us, obviously, we, we can't. What's up, TikTok? So I just watched another video of some clown with a camera running his mouth to an officer. I think it was in New York and calling him a bitch and a punk and take that badge and gun off and let's fight. So here's my question. A lot of you clowns like to do that. Y'all really think we hide behind our badges and guns and a lot of us obviously we, we can't fight. That's what y'all think, right? Okay, so how about if we come up with a system that the officer signs a waiver, you sign a waiver and put your camera down, we put our badge and gun down and let's step in the ring. Let's see how many of you would actually sign up since y'all, you know, you feel like we're a punk behind our badges and guns. I'll sign a waiver. How many of you gonna step in the ring with me? All right, at this point, it sounds good, right? I've even had this thought before. Like, hey, why don't we have something where, all right, you think you're big and bad with the badge. Let's put this, you know, take off the badge, take off the gun. Let's put the dukes up. I'm not gonna fight a cop, but hey, what, but what if that system did exist? I know a few people that would be able to take them on. You put that kind of challenge out there on TikTok. I don't know how many followers he has. But hey, let's see how it turned out. I'll wait. A few moments later. So I've been getting all kind of messages and friend requests and all that good stuff. Guys, listen, it's pointless. Okay, I'm getting all type of professional boxers that have been bouncing, but boxing for 300 years and decide, okay, well, because this cop said this. This, this dude got boxing for 300 years. This dude got the stuttering, hey, because, you know, I got all kinds of, you know, uh, my shoe was untied. And decide, OK, well, because this cop said this, I want to fight him. And that's the wrong answer. If you want to fight me, that's because I did something to you right now. He has now moved the goalpost. Now he has to physically do something to you. But by at that point, you're probably already in handcuffs. Half of you guys are running off at the mouth because of what I do for a living. But you've never personally met me and I've never done anything to you, nor me. So if you want to get in the ring, make sure if you have a valid reason besides what I do for a living. Yeah. 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 Hey, man, I got a waiver in my hand. Who trying to sign me? <laughs> that man hit him with the switch up. And you know what time it is. You ain't got to look at your Fitbit or your watch. It's the Open Mic Radio Podcast. 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 Yeah, I want you to do right now, I want you to grab you a beverage. If you're at work right now, get you a coffee, go to your Keurig, your Keurig, or whatever you call them things. Make you a hot pot of coffee, a hot cup of coffee. Don't use no styrofoam cup though, not a solo cup. It will melt when you have hot coffee, hot coffee, coffee. Hot coffee, steaming hot coffee. You don't want that in your life, man. Um, yeah, man, today's guest, I got the big homie Russ Green coming on. You're going to really enjoy this one. Hopefully, y'all enjoy all the episodes I've been putting out thus far. We're in the second season of Oh My Radio Podcast. And by seasons, I mean I record a bunch in one time, and then I release them once a week. So you're like, man, he's being really consistent. And all I really did was take one day or one week and record a bunch of stuff in advance. I'm smart, 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 smart. I'm smarter, smart, 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 smart. I read books. I say I read books. Uh, uh, uh. I read the books. And 
ain't gonna hold you up too much longer. Can't wait to bring this man on. Candace, Candace August. Talk to him. I said, I could say Candace on. Boo. This is Candace. That's the wrong one. We'll be right back, y'all. There we go. Be right back. Here we go. This is your girl, Candace with a K, August like the month. You can catch me uh, on the interwebs at www.prettyfunnyent.com. I am here chilling with my folks, Mike B on the Open Mic Radio Podcast. Follow him on the web. And we back, y'all. Welcome back to On My Radio Podcast. Let me turn my music down. Put my code in my iPad. Got my man Russ on standby. But uh, welcome, everybody. Welcome. Give yourselves a round of applause for showing up this evening. I ain't going to take up too much more of your time. I got my man in the building. Uh, one, of my big fr- one of my good friends in comedy been going way, way, way back, man, doing this thing. I want y'all to start clapping right now, and you're still clapping. Mr. Russ Green, everybody. What's going on, Russ? Yo, what's good, Mike? Not much, man. This dude came in real sexy. You're like, what's going on? What's good, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Before we go any further, man, how was your how was your Father's Day? It was great, man. Um, my family was actually traveling back from Cleveland, so mm-hmm. I, I spent actual Father's Day alone with my bunny. Oh, um, but <laughs> <laughs> but they they came in off the road like a little bit after ten, mm-hmm. and you know, me and my kids played Candyland. And then the next day they celebrated me, so that was really nice. Nice, nice, man. That's that's good, man. You said you got you got a little pet bunny. Yeah, man. She's uh, she's an excellent <laughs> companion. Okay, okay. Is it your bunny, or was you coerced by the kids to get the bunny? It wasn't coercion by any. I don't. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, those those days are behind me. Um, the we wanted. I wanted to get a. I've wanted a dog for like 12 years, mm-hmm. and you know when I was married. <laughs> You know, my, my wife was like, not a chance, you know, no more kids, basically. Okay. So then, so in our negotiations, I was like, well, you know, we used to always go to the Montgomery County um, Agricultural Fair, and they have like a whole bunch of bunnies. So I was like, well, what about a bunny? You don't have to walk it. You know what I'm saying? Yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. She was like, fine. So <laughs> took the kids, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, guess what? Today is the day we're going to leave here with the bunny. And they all lost their minds. And we've had it. <laughs> We had it for three years. Okay. Of course, when I when I moved out, <laughs> she she forced she forced me to take the bunny with me. So. <laughs> like take you in this damn bunny. <laughs> that's, that's that's funny. Uh, that that the part not the move out part. It was all funny to the move out part. That got a little sad, but uh, the uh... I'm sure I'm sure part of that is funny. Like in <laughs> you know, as time passes, it'll become funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Like, hopefully, you know, we'll get to the point where we're like, yo, remember when we used to live together? That was some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> what were we thinking? <laughs> it's, it's funny because I'm right right there with, uh, you know, with my wife and everything. We went to the pet store and I, um, I've i had this inkling for, for a dog. Just like you. I was like, we should get a dog. We got kids now. We should get a dog. We got a house. Just get this dog, right? And um, yeah. she was not feeling the dog part. She wanted. She wanted very. I'm. I'm. I'm scared of dogs. So for me to say, let's get a dog, you know, you might want to hop on that deal while the train is still in motion. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and she like, no, I want a particular dog, and I don't want no small pup. I don't want, you know, I don't want no small chihuahuas or nothing like that. And I'm like, nah, okay, cool. I respect that, but it has to be a puppy. She won't feel none of the puppies. So um, I walked like a few yards the other way to the bunny section, and the bunnies are like sixty dollars. Sixty dollars. <laughs> yeah, for yeah for a bunny. Yeah, it was like 50, for a bunny. Yeah, it was like fifty four dollars ninety nine cent. That's that's fucking. First of all, I'm still giggling to myself because I swore, <laughs> I swore you said I want to tickle the dog, but you said <laughs> I want a particular dog, and I'm. Still... <laughs> In my head, I was like, what? <laughs> he has real specific fantasies about his dog. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I ain't, t- I ain't tickling no dogs. Nah, I ain't, I ain't about no tickling. <laughs> shit. I'm about to tickle the shit out of my dog whenever I get one. I actually told the kids that once school was out, I would get them a dog because, you know, I have my own place now. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, they've been putting a hard press on me ever since school ended last week. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's the damnedest thing about this coronavirus pandemic, man, and the people impacted by COVID. Mm-hmm. You can't get no dogs no more. Like, like, damn, all the animal shelters are closed and shit. It's yeah. crazy, yo. Yeah, I found I found one in um, like, uh, in like Stafford County, and they're like selling puppies and stuff. But as soon as they get a puppy or or a dog, like the dog is gone. Like people are like, yeah. like they're getting them. They they're hot off the shelf. You know? Yeah, it's impossible them. to find dogs, <laughs> board games, and bicycles and weights. Those are all that shit is gone. Dude, <laughs> when do people start buying? A, when do people start wanting to have an at home gym, man? I was trying to get like a barbell, just some regular like regular dumbbells, and you know just regular stuff just to do around the house. And it was like no, none. Now with the Dick Sporting Goods sold out, none. <laughs> And the worst part is that they, they're they price gouging on the weights now. You know, weights used to be like a dollar a pound. Now I heard they're up to like three, four dollars a pound almost. Yeah, same. You know, I was lucky. I was fortunate because <laughs> it's so funny when you <laughs> the difference between being married and separated. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> when I was living with my wife, like I had a set of, of dumbbells going from 15s all the way up to 45s. Okay. Yeah, and you know that these fucking dumbbells sat in the corner of the basement for six years straight. I did not move <laughs> at all. <laughs> like, if I ever moved them, it was to vacuum or some shit. You know what I'm <laughs> and I moved out. I was like, oh, man, I guess I got to take these with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And that was a bear just getting them in the, in the apartment. Mm-hmm. But, yo, know, as soon as this shit, like, they were like, you got to stay in your house. Mm-hmm. I was like, yo, I got to find something else to do besides beating my meat and playing video games. So <laughs> let, let me get on these weights, dog. Yeah. I, I seen the um, picture. You, you got the Childish Gambino look going on with you, man. Uh, how, how, how's, the, how's the fitness journey going with you? How's the fitness journey coming along? It's it's an integral part of my self-care, I have to say, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, You know, it's weird. It's, <laughs> you have, like, COVID hours now. Yeah. So, you know, when we were, you know, still doing stand up, I might come home at like one, two AM, you know what I'm saying? Like tipsy, you know what I mean? Like still or still high off of a show, you know, having a great set or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But now I get sleepy like around nine thirty. I'm probably asleep by ten. You know what I mean? I wake up at like six, six thirty, do my morning scroll on IG. Mm-hmm. And then I do like my daily gratitude, you know, like daily gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. And then right from then I get up and I'm I'm hitting either the weights or the cardio or yoga. It's okay. it's just it's been really good for me, man. Yeah, I, I, it's it's funny you you panned over to the the comedy part because um, uh, I might be in the minority on this, but I absolutely don't miss stand up at all because of what you said the the late night hours. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was I remember like whenever I would book a weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, after working a full week, you know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you work a full-time job and you're a dad and you do comedy. That's like three careers, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, all at once. So I would, you know, come Friday night, I'd be like, fuck. And I'd have to go, like, across the street to get the Krispy Kreme coffee mm-hmm. and drink coffee at, like, 8 p.m. like a psychopath. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Just to... And then, of course, that night I can't sleep, you know what I mean? So I'm taking all that into the next night. It's just, it was... It's terrible for your body, that's for sure. Oh yeah, uh, I started doing these Zoom workouts, and uh, I, I started doing Fit Body Bootcamp. I lost twenty pounds, and you don't realize how fat. There you, you go, are. bro. Yeah, appreciate that. You don't know, you don't realize how fat you are until you look at a picture. I, I told Case on this because we recorded an episode, and I was like, I can't believe people let me just go out the house like that. <laughs> 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 just, like, no. That's the beauty of stand-up is you give, you know, less of a fuck what other people think about you. Yeah. But you start to be really, like, self-critical, you know what I'm saying? Or you're, you know, you, you, the weirdest thing now is, you know, there's things that I certainly do not miss about Mm stand-up, but I definitely miss performing. I miss being on stage. I miss, like, the stares of people when they were aghast at something I said or the, you know, the. You know when you just make somebody's whole face break when you say something <laughs> hilarious. I miss that. Yeah, I miss. I miss how like, especially like black women in the audience. You know they would grab whoever they're with and shake them. You know what I'm saying? Like I miss that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and I miss I obviously having an outlet to share all my thoughts because you know it's, there's all sorts of thoughts swirling in my head now being uh being in the house as they say. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, sheltered a, in place. Yeah, sheltered in place. Is that a, I don't even know if it's real. I, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Uh, I don't know really if sheltered in place was really happening. It, according to Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, there's a lot of people out in these streets. <laughs> it's like, Bruh. are we still sheltered in place? <laughs> don't even get me started, man. I went. <laughs> Like I said, our family, we, you know, we were in Cleveland for a bit. And mm-hmm. I came back a little early because I had some work to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole time I was in Cleveland, like, you would have thought there was no such thing as a pandemic, man. <laughs> Niggas was out there shooting basketball and shit, shirtless. You know what I'm saying? And we went to this little, like, you know, they have these, like, walkable shopping centers. That's like the, you know, what malls used to be back in the day. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so, but now they're all outside and the stores are lined up next to each other. Like, I don't know, it's fucking silly. But anyway, like, they have people walking in and out of stores with no mask dog. I was like, what the fuck is this? Shit is like a bizarro world, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's weird. Uh, um, we actually just went out to eat uh, the other day. And, you know, it's like, it's, 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 it's a it's a uh, adjustment period. Because, like, you go to the, because I'm in Virginia, so we're, like, in phase two or something. I don't know yeah. what phase we're in, but whatever it is, people can eat outside. And um it sounds cool if you ever ate outside, but I don't like gnats and stuff around. <laughs> I'm trying to enjoy my food. Oh, man, eating outside is one of my favorite things about spring and summer. Yeah. But you man, like I'm not I'm not there yet in my walk with this whole coronavirus and people impacted by COVID because it's like first of all, I, I I like just just having a job, I know how many people used to come to work sick. Mm-hmm. So the idea of like, you know what I'm that people are going to show some decorum when it's a restaurant, like that's completely bullshit. Yeah. And then it's just the, you know, coronavirus is an airborne, you know, like respiratory infection. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. somebody can sneeze, somebody can cough. You know what I mean? It doesn't take much. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, but you know, I got to call myself, call bullshit on myself. I just, uh, I live like walking distance to a little shopping center and one of the, a really nice restaurant there. And I, I've been craving, you know, of course you, there's certain things you just can't have, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Due to this. And for me, I've been missing cheeseburgers and fries, yeah. <laughs> and cheeseburgers and fries and fried chicken. Yeah. So today I was like, fuck it. I'm gonna get a cheeseburger. And man, <laughs> it's so embarrassing. I, I paid $25 for this cheeseburger. It was 20 bucks, but I tipped $5 because I was like, you know, your restaurant not, might not be here in six months, but <laughs> at least you'll have this, you know, $5 tip for me. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I get the burger, I get it home, open it up, plate it, sit down, pop on the movie, and I bit into this cheeseburger and straight nutted, dog. Like, it was just so... <laughs> it was so delicious, dog. Like, I'm not even embarrassed, dog. I, I damn near went to smoke a cigarette taking that. The shit was so... <laughs> It's just like, you know how they say, like, nothing, no food tastes as good as the one, like, the meal you don't have to cook. You know what I mean? And it was just, it yeah. was everything. Yeah, man. We had, uh, we went to Mexican. We went and got some Mexican. And, uh, Hell yeah. And all the, all Tex-Mex. The, oh, yeah. Everything is just, you know, um, the restaurant, well, outside, everything is pretty much separated. They got the six feet, whatever distance. Yeah. The table. So we're just out there. And I had got, I, I got these fajitas. And I hadn't had a fajita um, in a while. And um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, cause when when that sizzling sound came to the table, to do yeah, when they ringing on that hot <laughs> cast iron skillet, nigga, she's like, oh shit, like, it's about to go down. Everything, the conversation is coming to a, a screeching halt. And they bought me two plates full of fajitas, uh, the uh, the wraps, cause don't they, oh, they, they give you like three, but they gave me two plates, so that's six. I'm like, oh y'all y'all on them, y'all on one today, huh? <laughs> Y'all showing off today. <laughs> it's hard not to be really self-centered about this shit, yo. Because, like, you know how like grocery shopping feels like all dystopian now. Like everybody's quiet as shit and yeah. <laughs> walk around with masks on. There's only ten people in there. It looks like a fucking apocalypse and shit. But for me, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it, dog. It's just it's like a a zen grocery shopping experience. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You go in, you get your shit. You know what I mean? I, I like to get up there first thing in the morning because you know nothing's been touched or picked over. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you don't walk. You don't, you don't have a pair of gloves. You don't wear gloves or nothing. Well, nah, I, I, I was just wash your hands, yo. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look. Part. So my brother's a physician, right? And uh, mm-hmm. you know, when the shit first broke, you know, obviously I called him, and he he said something so sage. He was like. I'm not going to spend my time worrying about things that are, that I can't control, mm. right? Like I can't control whether or not I get it. I can't control whether I live or die. 
know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I can control, you know, whether or not I'm going to protect myself and wash my hands and make sensible choices. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, like, all of these niggas that want to run and, like, (laughs) go to amusement parks or get their hair cut or, like, you know, all of that shit is just like, hey, look, I mean, they just look more cavalier about the shit than I am. There's nothing out there for me that I think is worth dying for. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. You, 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 you but you, you had an ins, you, you had an insider. You had, a, you had somebody on the inside to, to give you some, uh, to give, bestow some wisdom. Well, it, what he said actually it had nothing really to do with medicine. It was more <laughs> like a, like a very like, you know, pragmatic way mm-hmm. of practicing mindfulness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like a lot of times when you you get concerned about things that are utterly out of your control. Mm-hmm. And you know when you for me, I've had a lot of issues with control in the past, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and I don't like the person I become when I become controlling, you know, I become obsessive, and i you know it just it takes me out of my like balanced state, and i don't I don't like to go there, you know what I'm saying it's not like I always use the analogy of like the incredible Hulk, yeah. you know, in all the movies, he's like the tragic figure, you know what I mean, because he's this brilliant scientist, you know what I mean, but then he becomes this monster that it is not only self-destructive, but destructive to everybody else. And I don't want to be that way. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't want to sit. The worst thing I could do in this time of sheltering in place is like betray myself or abuse myself or like, you know, inundate myself with like harmful thoughts. And I'm just not about that shit anymore. You know? So for me, it's more like, you know, well, the line is wrapped around the grocery store. I guess I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> It just it's just smooth and easy with it, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know that feeling. Uh, we went to Cold Stone, and it was uh, for Father's Day. We was taking the Cold Stone, and um, there was this, the line was out there. I was like, I guess we go to Dairy Queen. And like, you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't do lines. I hate lines. Hey, bro, you sound like <laughs> sound like R2D2 right now. I don't, I don't. Can I don't, you hear me? Yeah, I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, Mike, yo. you sound like R2D2, dog. I can't, I can't hear you. You going in and out? Okay, what about now? That's better. Okay, all right. Yeah, I was like, yeah. So I, I, I hate lines, um, like especially like now. Like even when I go to the grocery store, or whatever, I, I go in. I already know my game plan. I get my stuff, and I'm out of there. <laughs> Fifteen minutes tops. So I, I get it. I, no wasted moments. Yeah, and it's, it's so <laughs> funny too because you know some you know grocery shopping is a very basic thing to do, mm-hmm. but you feel like a hero because you're out there like <laughs> potentially like. Being exposed to you know the virus has killed 120,000 Americans and countless people around the world. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just to get some some ground beef and some pears and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, I got it. I got the last <laughs> can of whipped whipped cream cheese. We can all have bagels today. You know what I'm <laughs> Everybody, yay bagels! Yay! <laughs> you know, you know, kids are like. You ain't get the strawberries though. You gotta, <laughs> gotta <right>. mask up, <laughs> suit up again and shit. Yeah, man. I just normally, I just put. Uh, I, I bought these plastic gloves, these um, those little disposable gloves, and I have my my regular standard, um, little standard mask. I don't, you know, I don't go full, I don't go full Surgeon General on them. I don't <laughs> I ain't go, I don't go full PPE to go, uh, go get some biscuits or nothing. I just, you know, two items. You know, whatever. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I, you know what it is? It's just, I'm such a cynic. Like I don't believe any of it so far. Like I don't believe that. Like <laughs> it's silly to me to think the coronavirus, which is airborne, mm-hmm. moves six feet and then it's like, oh, I'm spent. And it can't, <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I'm that's, tired. <laughs> that's, his, that's his whole vertical. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like. Obviously, shit in the air doesn't work like that. You know what I'm saying? It's going to blow at you. And then for me, it's just like, I just I just refuse to get caught up in a bunch of people like changing their stories. You know what I mean? Like, to be fair, mm-hmm. you know, we always look to the certified experts, you know, when we start. But I read this article that was so brilliant, like a, maybe a couple months back where it said, you can't cherry pick your experts when you're dealing with a pandemic. Yeah. Because... People that are experts in one field don't are really kind of siloed and may not talk to experts in another another field. And if any time a, a pandemic is when you need to work together and collaborate and share information. And so for me, it's like, you know, you choose a lot of people, especially with social media generation, we choose which information like we want to like partake in. 
mm-hmm. and we blind ourselves to everything else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it's like, you know, when it first broke, I was like, oh, Obama says everybody needs to stop using up all the masks because the, you know, frontline workers and the, and the healthcare professionals and the central workers need them. So we're being selfish. No more masks. You know what I'm saying? And then like <laughs> a week and a half later, niggas were like, everybody needs a mask. You're going to die. <laughs> And it's like, Obama was wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, no. <laughs> and then, you know, and for me, I'm I'm just, I don't like the idea that that death is political. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if across the world, millions of people are dying, mm-hmm. how do you get to decide that your fucking political affiliation <laughs> has, all the, has all the math on whether or not this shit is real? Like, that's just so dumb to me, dog. <laughs> and I just refuse to get caught up in that shit. So if like the I was listening to the World Health Organization when I first started, me and my coworker, of course, because America's the worst. <laughs> still in the, we're still in the little shitty cubicle office. You know what I mean? Like I'm, we're talking about like a six foot by eight foot space, closed door, no windows. You know what I'm saying? Recir- yeah. Recirculated air. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there laughing at each other, talking about, hey, look. <laughs> did you just sneeze because i think i think we're both dead now you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the world health, health organization really gave me a lot of calm because it was like you know most people are going to have mild symptoms if any at all mm-hmm. and what you're really doing when you're wearing a mask is you're being considerate of people whose you know immu- immune systems are compromised and for me you know having lost my dad last year to cancer mm-hmm. You know, I know what it's like to be going through chemo or I know what it's like to have, you know, compromised immune system. And so it's just something out it's just to say consideration. So when you talk about the politics of it, it's like the people who don't wear a mask don't give a fuck about you as their country. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to represent myself this way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm aware of masks because I might not have any symptoms, even though like every day since, you know, this whole outbreak, <laughs> I've sworn I got. I got COVID. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my head hurts. I, I'm dying. <laughs> Ooh, my chest. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we went to Puerto Rico. Um, completely random. Went to Puerto Rico, and uh, my boy was sick. And this is back in January. This is before yeah. even the COVID stuff even start started. But after he, we was all in on the Airbnb. We all came back, and um, he was sick. Then like I got sick. Everybody just got sick. They were all went to Puerto Rico with us, and um, towards the end, the COVID came out, and we was like, "Man, did we have COVID the whole time <laughs> in, Puerto, in Puerto Rico?" And we were just all like sweating and like, "Oh my God, did you give me Puerto? Did you give me COVID?" It, it's it's crazy. Like we don't know exactly how long this has been around. Uh, but bro, that's real because yeah. <laughs> like this shit, like they, I think China start first started reporting this shit in late November. Mm-hmm. Right. And then they announced it to the World Health Organization in December, like, yo, you gotta tell everybody on the planet this shit's not cool, niggas is dying. Yeah. And then our stupid ass administration was like mid March. <laughs> mid March. China is one of our major trading partners. They could, like you can't turn over any item in your house that's not based in China. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And like niggas there's there's trucks, ships, planes, everything's flying, moving back and forth between China. That shit has just been circulating in the U.S. for three months, nigga. <laughs> of course, niggas got it. We all, of course, did. niggas got it. We all, dog. Uh, the idea that we could even flatten the curve when we're too dumb to like decide whether or not we're going to wear a mask or voting for a bigot is not a good idea. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. If this is what takes America out, it <laughs> so be it, dog. This, this is the hill. Hey. So, yeah. So real quick, we're gonna take a uh, approximately ten second break. Uh, we're gonna come back. Yeah. I had to get your thoughts on something real quick. We we'll right back on the okay. Open, Open Mind Radio podcast. Ten seconds. What's happening, everybody? It's your boy Greg Stevens, aka Black Mayonnaise. You're listening to the Open Mic Podcast. Yeah. And we're back with my man um, Russ Green. Everybody. What up? What up? Yeah, man. Hey, man. So you know, it's it's the it's election year. I was like, it is an election year. It's, it's, Jesus it's, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so we, On top of all this. <laughs> yeah. all we have this. to elect a president. <laughs> there's really an obvious choice here, but uh, I, I just have a feeling that there's a lot of people who are, are, are uh, you know, just like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
what, what's your thoughts so far? What is, what is your preliminary thoughts thus far in this election season? I think, <laughs> I, frankly, I think we're fucked. Um, <laughs> because I think a lot of people failed to recognize like how electoral politics works. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I started voting in college and, you know, I was first disappointed by Gore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But what I realized is it doesn't matter whose name is on the ticket for the Republicans are going to vote the ticket. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And that means if you look at the past few elections, 55 million, 58 million, 60 million people are going to vote that ticket. Mm-hmm. While at the same time, you know, the Republicans, especially when they have a Senate majority or congressional majority, they're doing everything in their power to restrict, eliminate, block the right to vote from taxpaying citizens, mm-hmm. which is like this is criminal. You know what I mean? If you look at what happened in Kentucky with the their you know primary election, <laughs> Louisville, which is their <laughs> capital, right? Yeah, has one polling place. Yeah, for like six hundred upwards 000, right? of like six hundred thousand people. Yeah, <laughs> they said the traffic alone was backed up for hours to even get to the polls. By the time they got to the doors, they closed the polling station. So when you think about something like that, and you think about the the reality that people who decide elections are typically governors, or if it happens to go all the way up, you know, to that state supreme court or whatever, you know, those those are the people that we don't pay attention to when we're voting, because mm-hmm. we only typically vote in the presidential elections and not the you know the primaries and generals. Mm-hmm. But those governors, those you know, court appointed, excuse me, federally appointed uh, judges those state and local officials, those, you know, comptrollers, all of those people, the county sheriffs, you know what I mean? All of those people really impact us on a state and local level and more so, you know, get in the way of us thinking that we can make any real progress when it comes to a presidential election. Mm-hmm. So when I say we're fucked, what I, what I mean is it doesn't matter if, like, everybody gets all caught up on these, like, Trump rallies. You have to understand that even if Trump were not the person in power, the Republicans have already set up the rigged the game in their favor. You know mm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And then just the idea that people are still trying to decide whether or not they're going to vote on the other side. It's just the height of entitlement. You know what I'm saying? That's what comes from, you know, this, this American dream where we're all very entitled and we are all tied to our expectations about, you know, how close to perfect the progressive candidate can be. You know what I'm saying? And it's just, it's just bullshit. You know, for me, like the, to be very frank, you know, obviously I'm, you know, I'm voting for the Democrats, but I think Biden, you know, getting to run, getting to be nominated <laughs> for the presidency over somebody like Kamala Harris, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Is it's just bullshit, dog. Yeah. It's 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 fucking. It's just a disgrace. There's three black women that are being, and now I guess now four that are being considered for the VP pick. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show that no matter you know whatever company takes away Angel Mama or fucking Uncle Ben or, you know, puts Black Lives Matter on their website, they're still behind the scenes fucking black people over. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah. I I would want to see... I would... The idea that people have to go to the polls still, mm-hmm. but yet you can pay all your bills <laughs> through your fucking <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> I mean, and Trump said it himself. He said, if you make it easier for people to vote, the Democrats will win. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, when I say we're fucked, dog, here's what I'll do to put it in perspective. In the 2016 election, um, maybe like a week afterwards, I got a private message from my boy who's in Ghana, who I met in 2014. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, man, I'm just checking in on you to see if your family's okay. Because I heard about the coup. <laughs> you know, like like in some nations, when there's an election, the whole nation shuts down because there's a lot of like you know turmoil. Mm. And he like this this is people from like thousands of miles away. You know what I mean? Concerned about America falling to pieces, dog. So yeah, we're fucked. We're fucked for a very long time. Yeah, but it only took us three years to get here. <laughs> but not really. See, this, this is the other thing that people would kind of say, which I think is just like a, a convenient soundbite. Mm-hmm. This is a culmination of 
at least a hundred years of effort. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just look at, or, or I mean, let's be fair, let's 40, 50 years of effort. You know what I'm saying? Like since the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. like, you know, the Voting Rights Act, the Federal Housing Act, you know what I mean? Like all of that shit <clears throat> really put a lot of protections um, in in the place in in place for Black people and and people you know writ large across America. You know, people seem to forget that when Black people won the right to be human beings, <laughs> so did everybody else. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things they don't tell you teach you about America is that it was still fucked for women, and women are the majority in the country. Mm-hmm. So when you have a group of people who have been largely oppressed, um, didn't have the right to, you know, use credit cards until the seventies, you know what I'm saying? Like, (laughs) you know, angry and disenfranchised. And then you, you know, couple that with that being like black women, which is like the base of the democratic party. You really have a lot of people that are in a situation where their hands are tied, where they have to like coerce people and motivate and encourage people to do what's in their interest. But we live in a very self-interested company, uh, you know, excuse me, I, I, said, I said company that's probably the right country. <laughs> that's what the business of America is, man. They don't give a fuck about people here, dude. Yeah. I was, um, my, my, um, we did the, the primary, because Virginia did their primary before Biden ended up winning all the delegates, um, um, qualifying with enough delegates. Uh, my original horse in the fight was uh, Elizabeth Warren. I just really like her. And um, like her and Kamala, uh, I didn't like how they got rid of Kamala so fast, and they let uh, Amy Klobuchar last as long. <laughs> let me let me say this, dog. And I said this I said this recently on the podcast, but <clears throat> white people will always disappoint you, dog. <laughs> like if you just look through history, dog, <laughs> white people are very disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because they. They've bought into the myth of whiteness, and they do it to the disservice of everyone else, right? So the fact that you could have a career senator who effectively made it so that there's consumer protections, you know what I mean? So that we don't get hosed by credit card companies and, you know what I mean, <laughs> and Fortune 500 companies looking to make as much money as possible. Yeah. You know what I mean? This person has to run against a bunch of no names and and people that the Democrats just like tried out to make you feel like they you know have a you know diverse body of interest represented. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so it's so for me it's like when it came when it came to you know Kamala Harris, this if you look at her fucking resume alone, this this is fucking superstar, dog. But yeah. she can't raise money. That's that's the that's that's like that's when you think about how much money is in the world alone, and when you think about how much money is concentrated in politics, yeah. the the idea that this woman could not raise enough money to sustain her campaign is absolute, absolutely unacceptable. But then turn around and she can raise more money than anybody else, seemingly overnight for Biden's re you know Biden's <laughs> election campaign. It's bullshit, dog. <laughs> White people just are not ready to see a black woman run shit, and it like. The closest we've gotten is like mayors and and judges. Yeah. You know, I think we've had what before Kamala Harris is one black female senator, dot. Yeah. It, well, wait a what what is um Maxine Waters? She's a congressman or a senator? No, she's congress. No, she's a congressman. Okay, yeah. I, was... I think it was the I think it was senator of uh, Illinois. I think it's I think it might be Karen Mosley Brown, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm still off my high from that cheeseburger, so I'm lightheaded. <laughs> <laughs> Nah, it's all good, but yeah, man. Uh, I I didn't get it because I'm, you know, you know, you know the Russian bots. You know, she's a cop, police, and everything. And then Klobuchar is just sitting there, <laughs> just sitting there. And, and then it, it took for you know the George Floyd murder basically for um for everybody to realize that hey, she's not she's not a She's not all that cracked up to be, you know? And she was one of the ones they was talking about vetting to become vice president. So it's again, white people will always disappoint you, dog. Like the idea <laughs> that that white people have just reached the epiphany that <laughs> that there's racism and white supremacy, <laughs> dog, running the country is just it's so absurd to see, dog. <laughs> like what it, like, it, like like legitimately in twenty sixteen 
there were state officials passing laws giving people the legal right to drive over po- protesters. <laughs> like this, ha- this is this happened several years ago, dog. Like recently. Mm-hmm. So white people were so incensed that their highways were blocked and they couldn't get to Starbucks fast enough. <laughs> they were driving trucks over people and then the law went and protected them, dog. So this this notion that, that, that oh man, the, the thing about the George Floyd murder mm-hmm. that is that is so striking and I, and I think really think the only thing that stands out is there was no opportunity for anyone to be distracted because everybody was in their home yeah like when everything everybody has this fantasy that things would just go back to normal and i feel like if things went back to normal that would be a colossal failure for humanity like we have a real opportunity in this great pause to sit and reflect and think about the world that we want to inhabit and and for you and i as fathers you know pass on to our children the world that they're they're going to inherit mm. So the idea that our children have to go back to a place where it's perfectly fine for you to just move on (laughs) (laughs) from people being, you know, murdered by the state, it's just, it's disgusting, dog. You know what I mean? And and it doesn't have to be, you know, a violent, you know, asphyxiation, you know, on your television screen. It can be something as simple as you, you know, voting in favor of a person who writes a policy that says it's okay to drive over a protester (laughs) (laughs) who's practicing their constitutional right dude like there's so many like like illicit ways and elegant ways that you can be a horrible human being you know what i mean that you can you know operate you know not in the interest of humanity and it doesn't have to be something as dramatic as choking a person to death who's a husband and father of two you know Mm -hmm. It can be something as simple as saying, I don't want these black kids in my white kids' school. <laughs> yeah. We actually going through that right now, man. We um they do a, they did a redistribution of um the, the school zones where mm. our house is at. And and we, we you know, we gotta go we gotta go talk to the school board. <laughs> we gotta we gotta mount up 'cause they there's literally a school maybe four or five blocks down the street from our house. But mm-hmm. They are they are literally saying the cutoff is here, <laughs> and you all yeah. have to go way over there down. And we're like, really? <laughs> when the school Bro. is right here, and, and they're like, yo, no, no, absolutely, we wouldn't visit that school. And that school look like Eastside High. We're like, no, no, hell no, no. <laughs> we're like, no, hell no, uh, uh-uh. uh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> this shit is so criminal, dog. I, I, I read the story about um, North Carolina A&T, which is one of the largest HBCUs in the country, right? Mm-hmm. The redistricting cut the campus in half. What? <laughs> Legit, dog. <laughs> and when, like, when you look at what, especially when it's the Republicans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And what gerrymandering and redistricting does, it's almost like surgical precision, like them identifying where black and brown people live. Mm-hmm. And and it's so targeted. Like they even I think they even proved recently that for in Texas, Pennsylvania, and Florida, that the redistricting was directly racist and racially motivated. <laughs> <laughs> so again, when I say we're fucked, I mean I have this wild fantasy that this is like white people's last desperate, you know, plea yeah. <laughs> and struggle, yeah. you know, for to to maintain their power. Yeah. And then, like in the in the <laughs> in my fantasy, this dream always wakes me up out of my sleep. In my fantasy, was like rushing to get Obama and the first family, <laughs> like <laughs> like back into the White House, you know, and seemingly like protect us all from this nonsense. And yeah. then in my fantasy. Obama jumps out of the beast with like an AK-47 busting shot like <laughs> clansman in dog. Then I wake up in a sweat like, ah. <laughs> oh, but you know, I read this, it was a TED talk that I watched. Um, this woman, her and her husband are responsible for um, Capital City Mambo Sauce. Mm-hmm. And her husband uh, recently died. I think he might have had a heart attack. Yeah. But he was you know, only in his like uh, late 30s. 
but shortly before, even and this is like you know this is the cosmic way of black women. She had this TED talk where she said, you know, no one is coming to save you. And I think, I think what was so exceptional about this this podcast is that it really kind of nailed and drove home the point that like if you want something to change, you have to be willing to be the change agent. Mm-hmm. And and for us, you know, as particularly as Americans, we're far too, you know, what's the word? Like <laughs> drugged into like a, a, a sleepy, dull state <laughs> to think that everything has to be convenient for us. Yeah. And revolutions are very inconvenient, dog. Very. <laughs> like, yo, that's why they made a law to try to run over protesters because we're gonna block that traffic. <laughs> but, but but think about the mind of the person who's you know behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna run over these children, <laughs> and like whenever I think about like how insane that is, I have to put myself in that person's shoes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the most like recent memory I have of wanting to drive over a person was <laughs> I was driving through Silver Spring and this brother was on the corner with this big ass billboard, you know, sign. And he's on his sign and it said, <laughs> the only, like, Jesus is the only person that can save us from coronavirus. And I, it took everything <laughs> in my power not to like fear into him, dog. Because I was like, nigga, why, dog? <laughs> Why is this the hill that you want to die on, dude? Like, how does Jesus have you on the street? Let's just let's start there. <laughs> and like, and Jesus does not need us to advocate for him. Dog. We can advocate for him just by being good human beings. You know what I'm saying? If I was the son of God, yo, you wouldn't have to say shit about me. You know what I'm saying? Just do right. You don't have to never say my name, nothing. Just live well, dog. Yeah. Like, don't get me started, man. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired of this shit. Nah, it's all, it's, it's all good, man. It's all, it's all good. I would just, uh, I was just wondering because uh, I, I see a lot. I've, I've, I've been eliminating my friends list. I've been, um, there's been a, a, a purge process. I, I get tired. I don't, I, I don't have time to convince anybody they need to vote. I don't have time to try to teach anybody about white supremacy. <laughs> I just. It, it gets so tiresome. You, you, I, I had to unfriend somebody for saying that Candace Owens made sense. I'm like, you know what? We're done here. I got to, you got to go. I got to mute you. So here's here's <laughs> the difficult part, Mike. Mm-hmm. And I say this all the time: being intelligent, being <laughs> smart, is a burden. Because what you'll often find is the smartest people have to find a way to say really brilliant things. To the dumbest people. <laughs> like, that's why Clinton was magical, dude. He was a very brilliant person who spoke in plain words that everyone could understand. Mm-hmm. And he made complex things seem simple and elegant. And that's why, like, <laughs> when you think about, like, people passing crime bills and shit, it's because... <laughs> <laughs> If you get the right charismatic person, mm-hmm. they can talk to dumb people and, and translate things. You can compel people to do almost anything. And for me, you know, that became most evident during Obama's reelection. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this shit is in the bag. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no way that Ben Romney is going to beat. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be my boy. Like, who's going to vote for this guy? But again, 58 million people voted for that. Nigga. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, you know, what we have to understand is, like, most elections in these swing states are decided with less than, like, 70,000 votes, which I think Michelle Obama said is, like, less than, like, 700 people per county. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so you might not think that you have enough influence, but if you cancel that one person, I bet you that one person is going to talk to, like, five different people about how you cancel them. And those five different people are probably the people that agree with him the most. Yeah. And if he can be convinced that Candace Owens makes sense, I bet you he can convince those five other people that Candace Owens makes sense. And that's why people like Candace Owens has a job. No. Because she makes sense to dumb people. <laughs> because dumb people don't like to think through things, dog. <laughs> and so smart people have to do things like realize that even Obama can be wrong. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But he's still far and above better than anybody the Republicans will put it, put it in, you know, in place. And that's the problem with America. 
is we often let the perfect get in the way of the good. And we're often like thinking we're so entitled. We think we know better than everyone else. Mm-hmm. And if you are, <laughs> I used to tell this joke on stage, but you, <laughs> you can, you can never be smart enough for dumb people. <laughs> you can never be as smart as people are dumb. dog. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's just a fact of life. Like the burden of the intelligent is that we have to pull the dumb people into safety and security, dog, and comfort. <laughs> Niggas used to not wear seatbelts, dog. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Niggas in the 90s and 80s, when AIDS was killing niggas, did not wear condoms, dog. <laughs> Cats was still smoking cigarettes with the windows rolled up. With a, Nigga. <laughs> with, 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 with just that little bit of crack. My, so you could my ex said it's the best. She said, <laughs> she said, even dentists have cavities. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I mean, you, I mean uh, for parents, I think this thing is particularly exhausting. <laughs> because my kids have been politically activated since they could talk. <laughs> like, you know how kids always can discern and divine, like, who's good and who's evil? Mm-hmm. And my kids just knew from jump. They were like, yo, this... This this white man is particularly problematic. <laughs> he doesn't like women and Latinx people or black. Like, what is wrong with this? Grabbing people's privates? <laughs> Dude, he has a Dude. he has a masterful way of saying a lot by not saying nothing at all. Like he never answers a question. I, I just I find I find that very uh artistic uh, very very, very charismatic the way he can not answer a question. <laughs> I'll say this. Nothing about him is interesting to me. Like, absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. And for, and the idea that, like, I personally used to be captivated by his reality show. <laughs> like, like, it's just so embarrassing to me, but I think what it was about the show was that it's so perfectly... In- like encapsulated what America is. You get this big piece of shit white man who gets, you know, a lot of wealth that he's inherited. <laughs> right. Yeah. To decide the futures for people that are far more capable and brilliant and often black and brown and women. And it's just so it's just so troublesome to see that, you know, what that show goes out fifteen years ago. Fifteen years from there, this motherfucker's running the country, dog with a bunch of other assholes that look just like him. Have you ever seen the, um, on Netflix, Dirty Money? Nah. Uh, it's a, it's a show called Dirty Money and it's basically just a bunch of corrupt. There's just different episodes. It's maybe two seasons, different episodes of corrupt people. One of them is called Confidence and it's the Donald mm-hmm. Trump story. It's like 45 minutes, 45, 55 minutes. And, um, they talk about how he bankrupt Atlantic City they talk about the government put him on a $400,000 allowance <laughs> because he was too big to fail after he bankrupt Atlantic City and then how he basically conned his way all the way up to become the president. And then they have another one with Jerry Kushner. Uh, it's a pretty interesting season, um, series. Uh, but so here's the thing, dog. <laughs> White people have been brainwashed and lied to for so long and conditioned to believe that their fucking, you know, dominance is is, man, is manifest mm-hmm. for so long. It's really difficult to even blame them for behaving the way that they do, dog. Like, we who didn't believe that a black person could ever be president were blown away when Obama came into power. And, and doubly blown away when Michelle Obama was introduced as his wife. <laughs> oh, and he has a black wife? And, yeah, right. right. But that, you know what that little kernel of, of doubt comes from? It comes from self-hatred. Yeah. And what we, what we don't realize is that other people can be self-hating too. And no people more so than white people. Yeah. And white people are often reminded how amazing black and brown people are because just to get to like (laughs) the starting point we have to overcome so many obstacles you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and it's just like i think tanahasi said this shit and we were eight years in power that this the you know 2016 election 
election was just a reactionary response to so many different people realizing that they've been lied to their whole lives and just how much angry, like how, how much anger and resentment that builds in a person. You know what I mean? If you were told black people ain't shit their whole, your whole life and yeah. you're entitled to everything and here comes this president who's damn near perfect, aside from, you know, bombing and drone striking all those black and brown people across the world. <laughs> yeah, damn near, damn near perfect. <laughs> Besides all of that, I mean, he really. Besides all of that, right. <laughs> Spotless record. Besides all of that, the tarp bailouts and all that other shit, you know, you know he was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. And I just, um, I don't know, I, I, uh, this is quote, like all politics are personal mm-hmm. because when you go in that booth, you think about what your interests are and you think about what's going to put forward and who's going to represent you as best as best way as possible. And, and white people really live in fear of black people rep- representing their interest. Mm. So, and, and black people are often in fear of black people representing their interest. Yeah. That's why that's why you can have people that would be self-hating enough not to not to ensure that you know Kamala Harris would be you know nominated for the presidency or even Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. You know that's that's only a result of you know people not believing in women or women not believing in themselves or black people not believing in black people. You know, white people they don't even have to believe in shit. Yeah, <laughs> are you are you a Republican? That's I, I was I said this other day. I was like, it's amazing. It's only Democrats that always talk about how they're not going to vote or we're not going to vote or I, oh I don't like this candidate. Republicans they don't care. It's <laughs> like is this what we this the option? This the choice? All right, I see y'all. In I mean, for Republicans, it's basically their religion. Yeah, <laughs> legit. Yeah, you know, like somebody would like every, see the the problem is like. The reason with progressives and liberals, you know, so-called progressives and liberals, is that we often, you know, fancy ourselves as the people in the know, the people that are on the right side of history. You know what I'm saying? All that dumb shit. Mm-hmm. And when you're that, you know, person, you become very arrogant. You know what I mean? So people are like, ha ha, look, he only had 6,000 people at his rally. What an idiot. What a fucking clown. Two people at a Trump rally is one person too many, dog. <laughs> That's true. Like, if we were really the country we thought we we are, then mm-hmm. Trump would show up by himself to places and embarrass himself. And then he would go home with his tail tucked and feel and beat his little two-inch dick until he fell asleep. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's not the situation, dog. Like, people really think that that matters, yo. Yeah. And I tell you this. If you, if any stand-up comedian could get 6,000 people to come anywhere to see him, mm-hmm. that nigga would be <laughs> phenomenal, dog. <laughs> Phenomenal. You know how exciting what think about it right now, nigga. Let's say you book a show, right? Mm-hmm. COVID is over. Coronavirus is done. It's been cured. You're about to book your first show. <laughs> Six thousand people buy tickets right away, nigga. You know how excited you're gonna be, dog? Yeah. <laughs> and and they paid that's, and, that's and, a problem. And they paid on Eventbrite too, so that money's already in there. That <laughs> it's already yeah. locked in. Like you, you it's already locked in. You don't have to worry about like talking to that fucking club anymore like, nigga no we good we good <laughs> we actually have four shows sold out you know what i'm saying we're straight you know you don't have to worry about that shit anymore but i think and this is the problem this is the problem with america again is that america is a very dumb country and when you're dumb you don't understand how numbers work mm-hmm. Six thousand is a lot of people yes right and yeah, that's a lot of motherfuckers, yo. And then the other part of it is like, if you can't understand that six thousand people is a lot of people, then you're probably dumb enough or not not bright enough to think that one hundred twenty thousand people is a lot of people. So when we're cavalierly walking around with no mask on, fully aware that one hundred twenty thousand Americans have died, which is more than any other like football stadium in America, mm-hmm. that's that's scary, dog. Yeah. Nigga, if I put six thousand in your hand right now, you'd be excited. So why are we <laughs> why are we thinking that six thousand people is a lot? Like I, I just thought, oh, this country is fucked. Dog. <laughs> We're so stupid. Shoot, that this, this seems like a good stopping point. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank my man Russ Green 
for coming on. I never had my sound effects ready. Hold on. <laughs> I never had my sound effects ready. <laughs> well, thank my man, Russ Green, for coming on. Uh, Russ, real, real quick, man, while I still got you here. Um, yeah. Tell everybody how they can get in contact with your social media and stuff like that. Everything for me is at Russ underscore jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find me predominantly on IG. Um, this is my favorite platform of all time. It's very simple and elegant. I love the the UI. Facebook is trying to fuck it up, but it's it's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Twitter, I only retweet things that I think are you know <laughs> people need to hear. Oh. But IG is where you can get most of my propaganda. Uh, sidebar that Kamala that Kamala Harris video. Yeah. Yo, I've watched that at least sixty five times. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why she hit him with that pause like that. <laughs> Cause she's a black queen, dog, and she went to Howard University. Like, <laughs> if you take a brilliant, bougie person and put them in a position of power, dog, to carry mediocre whites, it's always going to be classic, dog. Dude, she said, the... and that's why. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the beauty. All of right. our meetings are public. It's like she that wanted to say something. Budget. She wanted to say something else. And she said, nope. <laughs> I don't know, dog. For me, I was like, you know enjoying watching her like grill all of the trump administration yeah on those senate hearings dog because it's just like you're talking about first of all to be the top cop dog and the state's attorney you have to be a bad nigga yeah. like you have to be a bad motherfucker and that motherfucker you know they know how to litigate and you're put, like oh um, man <laughs> Look, she... I had a dream once, and now that dream is gone from me. <laughs> Dude, all I know is she hit her with that. He and I'm, I'm a fan. I'm, I'm a fan. The way she went at bar, I was like, "Yo, bar anybody." She, she, she hold that pen. She get that frustration look. <laughs> but see, you don't see the thing is, it's like, yeah, again, it's all good to like high five and glad hand when smart people make dumb people look dumb mm-hmm. or prove dumb people how dumb they are. But you shouldn't have to work so hard to prove that dumb people are dumb. Like, think about how on how many hurdles Kamala Harris had to leap to get to that position, to be the second black female senator in America. <laughs> <laughs> and there's how many idiot white men, dog? Yeah. It's just, that shit is so sickening, dude. <laughs> like, think about how lonely that is for her. She has to walk around all those idiots, dog, all day. Oh, man, that must be so draining, yo. (laughs) It's like, I guess. What Maxine doing? (laughs) I'm going to go across the hall. I'm going to see what Maxine doing. (laughs) Yeah, you got to, you got to, you know, see what the congressmen are doing and shit. You got to (laughs) leave. Come on, man. Come on, Corey. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. (laughs) And then you got like, so then you're thinking, okay, it's it's me. What? it's, It's her. Cory Booker, Tim Scott, and there's a black woman I think is a, a Republican senator. Mm-hmm. You would think they they could go all have lunch together and shit, but Tim Scott's over here telling people that <laughs> that the police are good guys and shit. Like it's <laughs> so, being black is exhausting. There's <laughs> always one. It's always it's always one that just <laughs> just walks off from the pack. Like I don't know about you, but I'm good. <laughs> Jean Grey said some shit like during like that bloody summer in 2016. That's when like all all the black people were getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Alton Sterling, Philando, everybody. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> she said she said when it gets when it gets this intense, she has to take black personal days. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just when you, like you you completely turn off all your like media and shit. You don't engage with any white people, and you just go be with your black friends and family and just decompress. And I feel like that's what that's what black people need to do. <laughs> we just need a minute to gather ourselves, dog, while white people figure out <laughs> that racism is still a thing. Oh man. All right. Hey, the nouveau woke. <laughs> don't go nowhere, man. All right, we're gonna be right back on the Obat Radio Podcast. And we back. That's my man, Russ Green, man. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Just a good conversation. Just a good talk. I got to make sure I break. Um, good, 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 good conversation, man. Good conversation. Hope y'all enjoyed the show. 
Um, real quick, make sure that you hit the button. Uh, make sure that you all um, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure you follow the show at Open Mic Radio Podcast RR on Twitter, and I believe it's Open Mic Radio Podcast on Instagram. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Make sure y'all share the show, like the show. I really appreciate y'all ones and twos. We out of here. Um, you know what's funny about my preparation time? I don't really preparate. I don't really preparate. I don't really Ah, hell. Go ahead, Charity. Hey, it's your girl, Charity Sade. <laughs> when I'm not hosting Comedic Relief at Wonderland Ballroom, you can catch me listening to the Open Mic Radio Podcast. <laughs>